0: Very, very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia. And as always, it's a great joy to be here with you, as the Lord allows us this time and blesses us with this time, every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, live at 4 p.m. And then on Fridays, when Cheryl uh, sits in with me for two hours of Friday Live, I do pray that you are having a blessed, happy, holy, and safe day, healthy day. And thanking you for taking the time out of your day and out of the busyness of your day to come and share this hour with me and all of our domestic church media family from around the world. Because that's where we go now with all of our technology uh, to be able to reach the four corners of the beautiful planet Earth (laughs) and beyond. Because, you know, the radio signals, they go out into space. So who knows? Maybe we have have, uh, space aliens watching the program. Ah, good. I didn't, you know, I, I played a little hooky yesterday. Sorry about that, in case you were wondering what was going on. A beautiful day. And as I've shared with you this summer, we've not taken any extended vacation time. We're doing these little uh, staycation daily days. So yesterday, I couldn't let the day uh, get passed up. It was a beautiful day. So decided, oh, you know what? It's it's late August. Before you know it, it'll be fall, winter, uh, if we make it that far Anyway, it is Thursday, already Catechism Day, and you know, I've been really, oh, I don't know, I've just been praying a lot about the um, upcoming election, as I'm sure all of you are. We're we're sending out our prayers for the United States of America, and you know, we are a a non-profit uh, uh, Catholic apostolate, Catholic lay apostolate, we're not a political entity, we're not And this organization, this apostolate, media apostolate, is not a news organization. We're not here to to give you the news or any spin on the news, so to speak. Um, Our responsibility here is to proclaim the joy of the gospel, the truth of Jesus Christ, and to help form your Catholic conscience. And I've said this for many, many years, you know, I do believe with all my heart that if an individual uh, takes on the heart and mind of Jesus Christ, that you don't really have to focus on individual, uh, social or political issues because the soul will make the person will make the right decision based on having taken on the heart and mind of Christ. Our responsibility here is to help you encounter Jesus, and in getting to know Jesus and love Jesus and to follow Jesus, so that the decisions you make in life whether they be personal or political or uh, social, that they are the right decisions. And so what I thought I would do today, and and we might even extend this into other programs over the next couple of months, because, you know, right now we're in the middle of the uh, conventions and and we're getting geared up for a very, very important election, um, that we're going to go to our catechism today, because it is Thursday, on forming conscience— and I also found something—not found—it's been here for, since 1993, um, a, a, a encyclical letter by Saint Pope John Paul II that, in many ways, was the impetus. Kind of gave me a little uh, kick in the seat of the pants to get moving and get into a postlet uh, called Veritatis Splendor, the Splendor of Truth, and in that particular encyclical there is a section that Holy Father, St. Pope John Paul II, again, this is 1993, um, headed as conscience and truth. And I guess that's where we seem to be missing a lot these days. You know, people, we, we tend to allow our consciences to be formed by uh, media outlets and, and uh, other sources of information, when really we should be focusing on and, and counting on the teachings of Jesus Christ, as He revealed it to the Catholic Church, to help form those consciences. So I want to start doing some of that. Not to get not gonna get heavy. We're, we'll just we'll be our normal. You know, I'm a simple-minded person. I'm not. I'm not highly educated. I got a bachelor's degree in communications with a minor in in theology from Seton Hall University back in the mid 1970s. I, I any anything beyond that is all self-taught basically, but I've, I've tried to really, in my own growth, focus on the teachings of the Church through, of course, the Catechism, but also through these many beautiful writings, you know, for so many years, through the teachings and writings of John Paul II, and then Pope Benedict, and now Pope Francis, and, and the teachings of the Church, to help form my conscience, to help mold me as a disciple of Jesus Christ. And that's what I want to do for you. So let's first pray, then we'll get into those topics. How about that, okay? Uh, And again, thanks to all of you who have been uh, requesting our free prayer card uh, that we're making available to anybody who wants them. They're free. It's the prayer for the United States of America. We're praying it here every day. And you hear a little spot uh, running that Cheryl and I recorded praying this prayer from 1959 prayer that was used at the dedication of the National Basilica of the Immaculate Conception in Washington, D.C., our Catholic National Basilica, of course, to our Blessed Mother, under the title of the Immaculate Conception, as she's our patroness under that title. So we pray that prayer. I'm going to tell you how to get it if you haven't gotten it. I've been sending out a lot of emails, and we've sent out uh, thousands of them. I think I could say close to 2,000, a little over 2,000 maybe. Uh, And I ordered 5,000, so there's more. There's more, and uh, we just want to give them to you, and just as many as you want, get them out to people. So let's pray our prayers, and then we'll, we'll uh, move forward. Uh, again, if you are listening on any one of our domestic church media radio stations, you know, we're, we're having a little bit of difficulty right now. I think the old boy has gotten his uh, claws into some of these uh, um, means. Our Hamilton station is having some issues down there with the Internet uh, connection. Uh, our Cape May transmitter hopefully is, is back up to full power, as I was told it would be. Uh, if not already, by Monday. And our 1260 transmitter, which was uh, hit by the derecho storm back in June, uh, thanks be to God, uh, our insurance company is going to cover most of the replacement of that. So our brand-new transmitter is being um, constructed right now, and uh, then it will be delivered here and installed, which will really bring our 1260 signal out into so many um, areas that have, for, for a number of months now not being able to get us, so we're counting on that. But let's do that. If you're listening to one of our stations or if you're listening on any one of our mobile devices, our free mobile device that we offer, or, sorry, our free our free mobile app for your mobile device, uh, it's on there, Domestic Church Media, or on Amazon Alexa, Alexa Google Home, uh, streaming audio. We're out there. So let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. Most Holy Trinity, our Father in Heaven, who chose Mary as the fairest of your daughters, Holy Spirit, who chose Mary as your spouse, God the Son, who chose Mary as your mother, in union with Mary, we adore your majesty and acknowledge your supreme eternal dominion and authority. Most Holy Trinity, we put the United States of America into the hands of Mary Immaculate in order that she may present the country to you. Through her, we wish to thank you for the great resources of this land and for the freedom which has been its heritage. Through the intercession of Mary, have mercy on the Catholic Church in America. Grant us peace. Have mercy on our President and on all the officers of our government. Grant us a fruitful economy born of justice and charity. Have mercy on capital and industry and labor. Protect the family life of our nation. Guard the precious gift of many religious vocations. Through the intercession of our Mother, have mercy on the sick, the tempted, sinners, on all who are in need. Mary, Immaculate Virgin, our Mother, patroness of our land, we praise you and honor you and give ourselves to you. Protect us from every harm. Pray for us that acting always according to your will and the will of your Divine Son, we may live and die pleasing to God, Amen. And we'll pray our prayers to Saint Michael the Archangel, and also the beautiful ancient Subtum Presidium prayer, which Pope Francis asked us to pray every single day. Both of these prayers, pray every day. He asked with a specific intention of protecting the Church from the attacks of the devil, and we're adding to that intention now to protect the United States of America from. The attacks of the devil and so we pray Saint Michael the Archangel defend us in battle be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil may God rebuke him we humbly pray and do thou O Prince of the Heavenly Host by the power of God cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls amen we fly to thy protection O Holy Mother of God do not despise our petitions and our necessities but deliver us always from all dangers O glorious and Blessed Virgin amen and uh, also my friends before we conclude our prayer um, it was brought to my attention uh, yesterday that um, our friends up at st. Paul's uh, school and parish but the school specifically uh, in Princeton um, and other school families are participating in in a novena that started yesterday to St. Thomas Aquinas, who's the patron of Catholic schools. And um, I'm sure you can can find it online, uh, Prayer to St. Thomas Aquinas, patron of Catholic schools. Uh, You know, we're getting back now into the school season, so let's also remember to keep in our prayers uh, the school children, the teachers, the administrators, uh, at our schools, our Catholic schools especially, um, to be protected and, and kept healthy and safe uh, in the midst of our current situation. Um, the Novena Prayer uh, to St. Thomas, I guess if uh, you go to com, U, that's the letter U, catholic.com, Uh, There's a prayer section, novena section, and you can uh, find the prayer to St. Thomas Aquinas, patron of schools. And it's a good prayer to pray uh, for uh, this time of year now, as schools are going to be getting back into session. And so we pray, St. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. St. Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. And today saint monica pray for us in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen well again thank you friends for praying as always a great uh, ty- way to start our time together you know don't forget we're also coming to you a live video on our youtube channel youtube.com slash domestic church media also on our facebook page facebook.com domestic church media live video there as well uh, as on our uh, homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org. You can watch the program there uh, on a live streaming video. All kinds of ways that we get the word out. And, um, you know, my mind this summer has really been—I've tra- had a lot of time to think. <laughs> a lot of time, to, which is always dangerous with me, uh, especially when I then feel the inspiration through prayer to really push in certain directions. Uh, I have a lot going on up here and if you're not watching, I'm pointing to my head. Um, there is a lot more work to do. But as I said, our responsibility here, our, our mission at Domestic Church Media is to help our listeners and viewers encounter Jesus Christ. That's what our programming is about. That's what all of this is about, to provide a, uh, a conduit, a venue through which Uh, individuals have a greater opportunity to encounter jesus christ and and that's that's the most important thing to get to know and love Mm -hmm. jesus and know that he loves you that beautiful little spot we run by our dear uh friend mother angelica god rest her soul uh, where she says the essence of evangelization is to tell everybody that jesus loves you and you know um we were had, we had we were so blessed today. We had noon mass here at the Apostolate private mass, in our beautiful little chapel. Father John Butler, the pastor of St Michael's over at Long Branch, was in the area and said mass for us here. I say us. Cheryl was here, and, and Bruce and Linda, our dear friends, Bruce and Linda, were here as well uh, today. And we had holy mass. And um, afterward, uh, Father Butler had another appointment, so he couldn't stay. But Bruce and Linda and Cheryl and I were sitting around the table having lunch and just sharing some stories about the Apostolate, you know, and the, all the many, many miracles uh, that have taken place here at the Apostolate over the course of these many years. And i got to tell you, I am humbled by it because it's not anything that I'm, I've done, but the great work that God has done here in the Apostolate. And I really, and you stop to think, uh, it's been a number of years now, you know, domestic church media was incorporated on May 5th, 2003. So that is 17 uh, years ago. And, uh, you know, we're going to be celebrating our... um, Is that 17 years ago? 2003. (laughs) I guess it is, right? Um, And we're going to be celebrating our, let's see, 2008, our 12th anniversary on the air here, in uh, in um, September, here I say here, twelve sixty a.m. First one on the air. I got all these dates, <laughs> but there's been so much that has gone on. You know that we've been blessed by and blessed with, and uh, of course having the blessed sacrament here in the building is the greatest blessing of all. Having you as our family uh, is an enormous blessing, and as I we have Mass, everyone, and whenever we have Mass, we always include our domestic church, media, family, and, and your intentions in our prayers. Uh, but again, the reason we're here is to do exactly what Mother Angelica said the essence of evangelization is, is to tell everybody Jesus loves you. The world is in a very dark place right now, isn't it? The world is in a, uh, a turmoil. We have to remember to pray for our brothers and sisters down in Louisiana suffering from that horrible hurricane. Uh, that went through, and we see things like that, the wildfires in California, the hurricanes, the tornadoes, um, all these uh, um, natural events that are wreaking havoc uh, on on souls in our country, of course, then the social unrest, the racial unrest, the political unrest, the division, all these things. and so we have to do everything possible to give. Individuals the opportunity to know and encounter and love Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. You know, domestic church media is a Catholic lay apostolate. We're not an arm of, an official arm of the church in any way. We are members of the church, obviously, as baptized Catholics, and we have been given our letter of suitability by uh, Bishop O'Connell saying we are Catholics in good standing and the, and the, Apostolate is a is a a good valid Catholic apostolate, but we are here in what we do to help people get to know and love Jesus, and to know that Jesus loves you. And you know, we can focus on certain issues. We talk about them here every now and then, whether it be pro life or uh, the family issues and things. These are important to make people aware of things that are going on in the world. But the most important thing is to help people, in knowing and encountering Christ, form their consciences, have well-informed consciences, so that they can make the right decisions when it comes to these uh, issues of, of uh, political issues, social issues, to know right from wrong, to know good from evil. Uh, Bishop, uh, Archbishop uh, Chaput uh, many years ago said, and I, it's a very, very true quote, that we've allowed our culture to catechize our people. You know, how are our people learning about the faith if they're not taking it upon themselves to self-educate or go, you know, and study in in, in formal settings like universities, colleges, things, but to do reading of the catechism, to do reading of, of the Church Fathers, of the many, many beautiful documents that are out there to learn about our church, learn about our faith. This is why it's so important to have apostolates such as these here present and available. I never know who's listening. I never know who's watching. But I know people do, and I know people are gaining knowledge and being fortified in the knowledge they already have in their faith. That's the most important thing. I've been doing this for 25 years And I know that it has an impact not just on individual souls, but on uh, a a particular family or area of of listeners and viewers, uh, Catholics and non-Catholics in learning the faith. So the important thing is to form our consciences. And let me share with you a little bit of what John Paul wrote in Veritatis Splendor, the Splendor of Truth. This is a an encyclical that he gave to us in in August of 1993, so uh, 27 years ago, and I remember reading it before it was officially released. My pastor gave me a copy that he had received, and I it was I had never really read any um, uh, papal encyclical before that 1993. My goodness, my, my oldest, our oldest son was four years old, and we had two children after him. So there, we had four, two, and, and and newborn. But I remember a Saturday afternoon in August when my pastor gave it to me, and I was uh, on my porch, and I began to read it, and it was a paper copy. It wasn't in book form or anything, but I started reading it, and I, I really couldn't put it down. It really grabbed me. And... If you have not read it, you can go to the Vatican website, vatican.va, www.vatican.va, V-A is in Vatican, and go to the John Paul section under the encyclicals and and look at Veritatis Splendor, The Splendor of Truth, August 1993. Read it. Don't read it all at once. Just read a little bit at a time, and it's a beautiful, beautiful teaching. But in this particular encyclical letter... John Paul wrote about conscience and truth and he the first section under that title he titled man's sanctuary and this is what John Paul wrote he said the relationship between man's freedom and God's law is most deeply lived out in the heart of the person in his moral conscience John Paul wrote as the second Vatican council observed In the depths of his conscience, man detects a law which he does not impose on himself, but which holds him to obedience, always summoning him to love good and avoid evil. The voice of conscience can, when necessary, speak to his heart more specifically, do this, shun that, for man has in his heart a law written by God. To obey it is the very dignity of man, according to it he will be judged. And my goodness, my brothers and sisters, you know, we 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 are as adult Catholics, adult human beings, but especially as adult Catholics, are called to make important decisions that will affect not just our own lives, but in the case of, and here in our country, we know we are faced every a uh, year but especially every every 4 years to choose an individual to lead our country and every 2 years to choose individuals who will serve in the legislative branch of our government you know our country was founded on a government that is of by and for the people and we even state in our Official uh, um, documents that we, the people, uh, as created by God Himself, with unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. These these uh, th- these th- these founding documents are based on basic Judeo-Christian uh, principles and ideologies and teachings, and. We, as Catholics, are obligated to ensure that our consciences are well-informed, and as John Paul said, that because this voice, our conscience, speaks to our heart to do this, shun that, we have to know good from evil, right from wrong, and... and We, as children of God, every person, individual, created by Almighty God, has in his or her heart a law written by God. And John Paul and the Second Vatican Council said, to obey it is the very dignity of man, and this, very important, according to it, we will be judged. So we have every obligation to ensure that our consciences are well-formed so that we can make the right decisions in these areas. Uh, John Paul continued, he said, in the way in which one conceives the relationship between freedom and law is thus intimately bound up with one's understanding of the moral conscience. Here, the cultural tendencies referred to above in which freedom and law are set in opposition to each other and kept apart and freedom is exalted almost to the point of idolatry, lead to a creative understanding, creative with quotation marks, understanding of moral conscience, which diverges from the teaching of the Church's tradition and her magisterium. So we go back and we think, uh, you know, to uh, a, a generation or two ago, and what was considered right or wrong, good or evil, and think about how those defined uh, definitions have since become muddled. they become uh, almost integrated with each other in certain ways by the culture and then become inverted. What was once evil is now considered good. What was once good is now considered evil. It was unthinkable two generations ago to think of two members of the same sex legally getting married, quote-unquote. Again, we use that with quotations because we know the true definition of marriage is a single union between one man and one woman. That's, how we, that's the definition of marriage. No matter what the Supreme Court says, you can't redefine it. But even to my speaking to that today in August of 2020 over the airwaves, I'm bordering in some people's minds on uh, spewing hate because I believe that. That's how warped the culture has become and the church is unchanging, because it's truth, and you can't change truth. And the truth that Holy Mother Church teaches was revealed to her by Christ himself. You know, we read this week uh, in our Gospel, You are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And for 2,000 years, under the authority of Peter and his successors, Those truths have not changed. Those truths remain truth because you can't change truth. And today, this is why we find ourselves as church so much at odds with the culture. Because we, built upon the rock of that truth, cannot alter that, can't change it, can't Uh, uh, manipulate it to fit into someone's uh, third millennium mentality and way of thinking. John Paul wrote, According to the opinion of some theologians, the function of conscience had been reduced, at least at a certain period in the past, to a simple application of general moral norms to individual cases in the life of the person, but those norms they continue cannot be expected to foresee and to respect all the individual concrete acts of the person in all their uniqueness and particularity with uh, while some uh, such norms might somehow be useful for a correct assessment of the situation they cannot replace the individual personal decision on how to act in particular cases you know it used to be that it was pretty cut and dry Right? We'd reached the age of reason, right? We'd reached the age of reason at around seven years old. That's when I grew up. That was the age of reason. You hit seven years old, you should know right from wrong. You can reason between right and wrong based on your well-informed conscience. Parents did a great job of helping us especially with our Catholic educators, whether it be the Catholic school that we went to or our religion classes that we went to, to help form our conscience. But sadly, and so unfortunately, these days, there's so much information out there and sources of information that our consciences are being numbed by lies and deception, and we don't know right from wrong in many ways. Okay, I'm going to take a break. Come back and go to the Catechism of the Catholic Church on conscience. So stay where you are, my friends. There is more to come on Come to Me. Don't go away. to end abortion, halt the attack on traditional marriage, and ensure religious freedom for ourselves and for our grandchildren? To do this, we must convert the culture. St. Paul Street Evangelization is a grassroots initiative that recognizes this need and takes it to the streets. If you're interested in peacefully sharing the gospel in your area, visit streetevangelization.com to learn more. on these Domestic Church Media Stations. 60 Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Because God knows all things and because he is creator, it follows that every single thing in the world was made according to an idea or a pattern existing in the divine mind. Look round about you. You see a bridge, a statue, a painting, a building. Before any of these things began to be, They existed in the mind of the one who designed or planned them. In like manner, there is not a tree, a flower, a bird, an insect in the world that does not in some way correspond to an idea existing in the divine mind. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Want to work a virtual miracle for your church or charity? Here's something so brilliant, yet so simple and meaningful, you have to check it out. It's an internet site called GoodShop.com. GoodShop.com has created a way that lets you support any charity of your choice, and it costs you nothing. The good news is 700 of the largest internet retailers, stores you already visit online, have teamed up with GoodShop.com to give back a percentage of every purchase you make to your favorite cause. Before you buy anything online, go Go to GoodShop.com, select the charity you care about most, and then click over to your favorite store. Shop as you normally would, pay nothing extra, and a donation will be made to your favorite charity. It's that easy. Visit GoodShop.com today and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity, and a portion of your internet purchase will be donated to Domestic Church Media and enable us to continue to bring you outstanding Catholic radio. That's GoodShop.com and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity. GoodShop.com from Lahaska to Long Branch. Solbury to Seaside Park. Atlantic Highlands to Allentown. Ocean Grove to Oxford Valley. Little Silver to Lower Makefield. Proclaiming the Joy of the Gospel on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Welcome back, friends. Another uh, 25 minutes or so of the program, and it is Thursday, so we're going to go to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and today we're talking about forming conscience. And there's a lot more to that um, section of Veritatis Splendor from uh, John Paul II. I, I do want to get to some more of that. I think it's an important encyclical letter uh, by the Holy Father, by the good saint, John Paul, especially for these times, um, to help us to kind of really get— and I, I know I'm kind of speaking and singing to the choir, but it, even these lessons, if you want to call them that, might help you uh, help others, instruct others. A lot of people, sadly, a lot of our Catholic brothers and sisters think they're in the right place uh socially, and politically, and uh, in other areas, um, based on, again, their sources of information, and their sources of information may not be truthful sources or authentic sources. As I said, you know, Archbishop Chaput said we've let the culture catechize our people. So we'll get to the catechism in a minute. Before we do that, I mentioned Bruce and Linda were here early today, our good friends Bruce and Linda Debaco. Bruce, as you know, hosts come to the throne every Uh, First and third Mondays uh, here on uh, these domestic church media stations where he opens the airwaves to prayer. Uh, This is kind of an odd uh, month because uh, August has five Mondays and the first Monday in September is Labor Day. So uh, we decided that we would have Bruce come this coming Monday, which is August 31st. Because the first Monday, following Monday, which is the first Monday in September, is Labor Day. So uh, coming up this next Monday, August 31st, Bruce will be here live at 3 o'clock. I encourage you, friends, to tune in and pray for whatever your special intentions are. Uh, Bruce will be here live from 3 to 4. So uh, be sure you tune in then, Monday, this coming Monday, August 31st. And again, if you haven't um, requested your free... Uh, prayer card. It's a beautiful little four-by-six postcard that we have available to you. Um, the prayer for the United States of America. And we're getting good feedback, and people are passing them out. It's great. It's great. And they're getting out all over the place. We've got a request today from Texas and not just in our listing areas, but other, other parts of the country. And we just want people to pray. Pray to protect our country. I, I think, and I think many, if not all of you will agree, that there is a lot of evil out there that has infiltrated our government and is trying to even infiltrate more. Um, I'm sure Satan hates the U.S. I'm sure he's hated it since its inception. Uh, we see his, his ugly influence in so much of our um Uh, Society in our country over the past, especially past couple of generations, you know, there's absolutely no congruency between uh, legalized abortion and uh, infanticide and the founding principles of our country. It just doesn't, doesn't, there's nothing congruent about that. All right, We, we, we profess that every person created by Almighty God is endowed with these unalienable rights of life liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and we're denying the right to life to an enormous population in our country. So we see the enemy's hand in this, and many, many other things, and many, many other things coming down the pike. So we have to pray, and we really have to put our country into the hands, the Immaculate Hands of the Blessed Mother under the title of the Immaculate Conception, and as the prayer prays, to present our country to the Most Holy Trinity— to protect us. So, request your prayer cards, okay? Uh, go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, domesticchurchmedia.org, and then up on top on the different options, one option is prayer. Just place your cursor over that word prayer, and a little menu drops down. Click on Prayer for the United States of America, and give us your name, your address, and how many you want, and there's unlimited, okay? We're going to send you whatever you want. It's free, We're not charging. I was uh, in prayer, inspired to uh, do this to order uh, about 5,000 of these, and we've not sent them out all out yet. So we want to get them all out. 5,000, get them all out. So go there and make your request, uh, and we send them out once a week, you know, because our lovely volunteers, Janet and Elizabeth, come in on uh, any given day each week, and they fulfill your requests, and we get them out to you. So, again, go to domesticchurchmedia.org, put your cursor over the word prayer. A little menu drops down. Click on prayer for the United States of America, and then um, tell us your, what, your name, your address, and how many you want, and we'll get them out to you. They're beautiful four-by-six laminated prayer cards, and they're yours for free, and we want to get them out to you. So, but you have to ask for them. Uh, see anything else tomorrow. Of course, Friday. Cheryl will be here at 4 o'clock, a brand-new Friday Live program, a couple of wonderful guests, some music talk, all kinds of stuff. We hope you will join us at 4 o'clock tomorrow for that program. So now let's go to the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And this is from the Catechism on the Formation of Conscience. You know, we get—I think part of our problem these days is there is just— or there are just too many sources of information out there. There really are. I mean, when social media burst onto the scene, I, I, I know for me, I remember back in the day when my kids were little, before you know, I had a, a regular secular job, and I'd have to get to work by 8 o'clock or whatever, and I'd go out in the morning and get the morning newspaper and come in and have breakfast, and I'd be reading the paper. I don't think I've read a newspaper in years. But that was our source of information back in the early 1990s, where you watched the morning news, or you listened to the news on the radio. I can't think of any other daily source of information other than those three, right? We had uh, radio, we had television, and that was even before all the cable networks and we had uh, a newspaper i'm talking about daily we have, you have magazines too but they weren't no magazine was a, a daily periodical but you had daily sources of information today you have thousands of channels to choose from how many different news outlets to choose from you have social media whether it be you know uh, facebook or twitter any you name it it's all out there uh, and and we you know we're just overloaded And I know the power of media, of course, being in it, I know, and especially as a Catholic media outlet, I know the uh, very serious obligation we have to ensure that whatever goes out over these airwaves is authentically in line with the teaching of the Magisterium of the Church. That's our responsibility, you know. And we're not here as a political entity. We're not here as a, quote-unquote, news source. We're a good news source, the good news with capital G, capital N, gospel. And so our responsibility in that is because we want to help our listeners and our viewers have and develop that well-informed Catholic conscience. In the Catechism of the Catholic Church, in paragraph 1783... It says this, Conscience must be informed and moral judgment enlightened. A well-formed conscience is upright and truthful. It formulates its judgments according to reason, in conformity with the true good willed by the wisdom of the Creator. The education of conscience is indispensable for human beings who are subjected to negative influences and tempted by sin to prefer their own judgment and to reject authoritative teachings. Paragraph 1783. One simple paragraph in this beautiful catechism of ours condenses that so beautifully that teaching on why we need a well-formed conscience. You know, I mentioned Veritatis Splendor, the encyclical letter by St. Pope John Paul II which came out in 1993. It was the same year that the church and John promulgated by John Paul released this catechism, the first in over 400 years. And it's it's so important for Catholics To have a catechism in their home, every Catholic home has to have a catechism. If you don't, you need to get one, and you need to read it. I've been doing this (laughs) on this—you know, my program, come to me, I've been doing this program since, in one format or another, in one station or (laughs) another— I was kind of a wanderer in the beginning, but uh, finally found, obviously, a home when domestic church media came into existence. I would go from other stations. But ever since I've been doing this program, I've dedicated one program a week to going into the catechism. Because the church gave it to us, not to say just that we had one, but that we're actually learning from it. Studying from it. And even if you do exactly what I, I spend, what, 20 minutes here on a Thursday with one particular section. That's it. And when you do your own self reading, self teaching from the catechism, just take a little section. And just as we're doing today. So this is a particular section on for, the formation of conscience. But I want to read this paragraph again because it's so important especially as it relates to i think today's culture and today's catholics conscience must be informed and moral judgment enlightened a well-formed conscience is upright and truthful it formulates its judgments according to reason in conformity with the true good willed uh, the true good willed by the wisdom of the creator the education of conscience is indispensable for human beings who are subjected to negative influences and tempted by sin. So think about the negative influences and the temptations to sin in our current environment, cultural environment. So the education of our conscience is indispensable for us because we are subjected to negative influences and tempted by sin uh, to prefer our own judgment and reject authoritative teachings. Paragraph seventeen eighty four says the education of the conscience is a lifelong task. Okay, so we're it's it's like we're continually exercising and building up and fortifying our consciences. It's a lifelong task. Our catechism says. From the earliest years, it awakens the child to the knowledge and practice of the interior law recognized by conscience. Again, you know, I remember uh, being in first grade, seven years old, being taught by the nuns, preparing me for the sacraments, for uh, confession and First Holy Communion. We understood right from wrong at that age. I think I shared with you one time when I was, uh, my, my our oldest son, who's now a, a married man with two children and one, three children, one's on the way, going to be uh, uh, joining us uh, in October, but when he was preparing for his first confession way, way back. And I was kind of sitting down one evening with him and and got his religion book and going through it and talking about mortal and venial sin and he looked at me quite puzzled i said well mortal and venial sin do you know how know the difference and he didn't even know what the terms meant he's preparing for his first confession i called the religious education department of the diocese where we lived at the time. <laughs> and I said, I'm, I'm studying with my son. He's, he's in, I guess he was second grade, second or third grade in those days. And I said, I'm, I'm going over his studies for in pre- preparation for his first confession. He doesn't seem to know uh, the terms mortal and venial sin. And the woman on the other end of the line who worked in the Department of Religious Education in the diocese where we lived. It was not the Trenton Diocese, by the way. And she said, well, we, we we, believe and we feel that a child of that age is incapable of committing a mortal sin, so there's no need to, dis- to teach them about it. <laughs> I, I, so when are you going to teach them about it? He's making his first confession. Does he need confession then? If he's not capable of sin? That's what you're telling me. Oh. Drove me nuts. I used, to, <laughs> I wasn't. I had, a, I had a little reputation in my parish, uh, of of <laughs> always going to church documents, and sending people some paperwork on particular teachings. <laughs> but from the earliest years, the catechism says, from the earliest years, the education of conscience awakens the child to the knowledge and practice of the interior law, recognized by conscience, prudent. Education teaches virtue, it prevents or cures fear, selfishness, and pride. Resentment arising from guilt and feelings of complacency born of human weakness and faults, the education of the conscience guarantees freedom and engenders a peace of heart. You know, when we go to confession, before we go to confession, and we make an examination of conscience, or we make our exam as we should every night before we retire— it's based on our well formed conscience. I know that I did this and that was not right. I know that I should have done this and I didn't and that was not right. Our conscience tells us these things. Our well formed conscience tells us these things. But if we fail over the course of our life because Educating our conscience is a lifelong task, as our catechism says. If we fail to do that, our consciences become numb. They become inactive. They don't work. And if we start to allow ourselves to um, be educated by the culture, as Archbishop Chaput said many years ago, and we allow ourselves to be catechized by the culture, and we allow the culture to tell us what is right and wrong, what is evil and good, our consciences are, are way out of whack. We need a well-informed Catholic conscience because we know that this Church, of which we are members, is the one true Church founded by Christ himself, and what the Church teaches are those truths revealed to the Church by Christ himself. And it's an obligation of every baptized Catholic to ensure that we have those well-informed Catholic consciences. And I think, you know, over the course of these past number of couple of generations, especially as it comes to certain issues like our pro-life issues, now are uh, the issues that we face with uh, gender identity, as they call it, or same-sex marriage, as they call it. These issues that uh, culture is 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 promoting as good good things. Abortion is a good thing. The culture wants you to believe that. It gives women their right to their own body. That's what the culture teaches. The culture teaches that a person can love another person uh, intimately. With the faculties that are reserved strictly uh, for being used within the context of a marriage between one man and one woman, now can be used in any way you want because it makes you, makes the person they love, and they, it's it's it, we're we're so uh, skewed in 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 what we're hearing from the culture, and if people allow that those teachings to be uh, um, accepted as truth when they're not, they're lies. Their consciences are are skewed. They're 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 malinformed, not well informed. And so we, as Catholics, have an obligation to ensure that we are educating our conscience throughout our entire lives. In paragraph seventeen eighty five, it says, "In the for- formation of conscience, the Word of God is the light for our path. We must assimilate it in faith and prayer and put it into practice." We must also examine our conscience before the lord's cross we are assisted by the gifts of the holy spirit aided by the witness or advice of others and guided by the authoritative teaching of the church the word of god my brothers and sisters this is the beauty of our catechism by the way you know if you when you when you go and study from the catechism you see all the footnotes and the references there's such a cross-reference uh for uh the teachings that it presents through Uh, sacred Scripture, the Word of God, through the teachings of the Magisterium, through the writings uh, of our our, uh, Fathers of the Church and and Holy Fathers and other um, uh, spiritual writings. It it, it presents the whole teaching and the sources of those teachings, of course the main source being Christ Himself, but the the, uh, um, presentation of these teachings through so many sources in the course of our great history. And, of course, uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit that we receive in baptism and confirmation. And the witness or advice of others. This is why I think Catholic radio has such an enormous uh, um, importance in the areas where it's present. And of course, now we're no longer limited to just the radio stations. Anybody can listen in, in, from a, anywhere they are. You don't need a Catholic radio station in your area. We have people listening to this apostolate and these broadcasts in 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 uh, uh, Texas and and in California and other parts of the country, other parts of the world. And this witness that we can give and this advice or these teachings that help people to encounter Jesus Christ is vital, vital to the eternal salvation of so many, not because of, of me or anything we're doing, but because what we bring you here is the teaching of the church, the teaching of Jesus Christ, and help people to encounter Christ. today especially because we know that the father of lies has his hand in in media has his hand in politics has his hand in our educational system has his hand even in some areas of our church sad to say but he has ever since judas that's not uh, nothing new so we have to be able to discern through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, be able to discern what the authentic teaching is and where to get that, what source to go to. And I can tell you right now, my brothers and sisters, my heartfelt promise to you that as long as I am here, domestic church media will always be an authentic and authoritative voice in our church, teaching strictly according to the magisterium in line with the teachings of Jesus Christ. All right, got to stop now, but go to those paragraphs, 1783, 84, 85, The Formation of Conscience. Let's start there. We'll keep working on that down through the next few weeks. Okay, join Cheryl and me tomorrow, 4 o'clock, Friday Live. I hope you in, and pray you have a blessed, happy, and holy rest of your day. My name is Jim Manfredonia. God bless you, and God love you. Amen.